right. Um, welcome you all to another episode of the Cosmic Matrix podcast. Today with your host, Bernhard Gunther. And my very, very special guest today is my good friend, Benny Wiltz. I welcome you, Benny, finally. Thank you, Bernard. It's, uh, it's an honor and it's good to speak to you. It's been way too long. It's been way too long. Like Benny and I, we go along back a long time ago. You used mm -hmm. to live here in the belly of the beast, <laughs> Los Angeles. And um, you also were part or still part of uh, Joy Camp, right? That's uh, been less. going on more or less. And uh, yeah, we've spent a lot of time as friends together. And you also organizing the regeneration events, which I'm also highly, very grateful for you. Two events where speaking at both of these events it was really great, like a community and bringing different aspects to, to this kind of conference. And uh, you were also on one of uh, the retreats I was hosting with Fred a few years ago, which was quite an intense experience. I remember we did a podcast on your channel about it. Mm -hmm. And I remember back then you started getting into um, something new you have been uh, uh, developing, and it's beautiful. You have a really amazing talent for poetry or you know spoken word, so to speak. Very conscious, very hard hitting, and. Uh, I think you just started your own uh, YouTube channel around that as well. Is that correct? Maybe you can let, yeah, let the Yeah, just about a year ago, I branched away from Joy Camp and started my own personal channel. And so far, so good. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, I saw you recently up, uh, was it, I think maybe some older pieces uploading the, the white guilt piece and the racism division piece, was it? Yes, that? yeah. I just put the, yeah, the, because I'm white, I wrote maybe a year ago and I performed that at the Anarchadelphia conference in September. And I felt like it was a good time to make it public. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that would be an understatement. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so man, like, um, let's, let's dive into it. What, what's going on in the world right now. It's pretty crazy. It's just mm -hmm. also an understanding who would have known what's, what, what's been happening since, you know, it started all with this COVID and then all of a sudden this other, Thing happened with George Floyd and the protests and the riots. And it seems they're all very much connected, right? So there's something else emerging and this weird thing, which I also start trying to wrap my head around that apparently the left turns to be out the full on new world order, um, you know, totalitarian, totalitarian force. And there's some sort of splitting happening, right? The left versus right and whatnot. And even within the truth community, we can see that as well happening. And it's all very confusing because, you know, none of what's happening I could possibly predict on some level. Yes, fine. It's obvious in retrospect, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, holy shit, these, the, you know, this is just almost the, there's a certain desperation behind the matrix forces to try to lock us down. That's, that's what it feels like. Yeah, it feels like maybe their their plan was not moving as quickly as they had hoped so now they're they're just at full throttle in 2020 yeah. it's gone they just put the pedal to the metal and pulling out all the stops and that's what we're experiencing they're yeah. just doubling down yeah. now i feel like you know i mean <clears throat> we all know about this whole covet pandemic stuff and um and all the issues around that. And that's got completely thrown out of the water since the killed, alleged killing, I have to say, of George Floyd happened. Who knows what truly happened? Um, but it's been obviously used to create this up, uprising, the riots and, and all the looting. And even the violence and rooting is even justified on the, on the mainstream media, especially, again, I have to say, the leftist media. And I want to point out, both of us, we are not statist, right? No. We don't believe yeah. in government. We have been both speaking to Anacapulco and all of that. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't feed into the left-right paradigm. But you cannot ignore that there is something uh, happening weirdly between the left and the right. That even like at this sense, the quote-unquote right, even I watched some Tucker on Fox News, he has more common sense from the mainstream uh, media perspective, then all the, the leftist media, and it seems, you know, there is, you know, um, you know, it's kind of very confusing, I have to say, because I don't want to align with the side, but at the same time, you know, um, even Trump is starting to make way more sense than I thought he would make. Right? So <laughs> how is your view on that a little bit? Yeah, well, I'm kind of in the same boat. It's, I'm, especially since moving up here to the Pacific Northwest and being, probably my proximity to Northern Idaho, I've definitely realized that I have conservative values. doesn't mean that I'm a Republican, 
but I have conservative values. I'm not progressive as far as political ideology goes. And I'm, it's very possible that I'm being played like everybody else. And maybe Trump is part of this Hegelian dialectic, you know, left versus right intentional paradigm division that keeps us fighting each other and that I'm just, you know, taking the bait. That said, he keeps doing things and saying things and I'm like, I agree with that. I think that's a good thing. So I'm not, I'm not holding Trump on a pedestal like he's the savior or anything, but I don't dislike him. Mm-hmm. And it's a weird place to be in because <laughs> I, if I were to like say that, even if I'm, you know, it's cool to talk to you about it because it's comfortable and I feel like we're on the same page. But since I'm so, you know, I'm, I'm in the truth, the truth community who are so anti-government, anti-anything establishment, anti-politics, um, all of it. If I were to say, you know, I don't mind Trump right now. I would be attacked not only from my former friends from Los Angeles and from acting and from graduate school and college and all that, but also from truthers. So it's a weird position to be in where I can't really tell many people that I'm actually not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm just open-minded. I'm being, I'm yeah. observing, I'm paying attention to what Trump's saying and doing and not just throwing him under the bus because I like some of the things I'm seeing and hearing. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I can relate. I think a lot of it relates definitely people, uh, Laura and my wife, she wrote an inter- a nice update on Facebook about TDS, the Trump derangement syndrome. So there's, that's been definitely going on for the past few years, this very mechanical, reactive, just shadow negative projections by the left onto Trump because they literally hate him. Right. Mm-hmm. There's just like they cannot see anything good in this guy. He cannot possibly do anything right. They are only looking for to put anything to put the man down, you know, and they're not interested in truth. You know, we see this even within the uh, the COVID. You know, I was actually impressed. He put himself out there, out there every single day in front of the press. And if you actually, I, I made an effort just to watch the raw, like the press conference. He handled himself well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, dealing with all the nonsense questions. And yes, he has his like egoic character, right? In all of that. And, uh, you know, his, you know, character falls, which we all have to varying degrees, but I don't see him as this fascist psychopath he's being made out to be, you know? Yeah, agreed. And even those things, things that they catch that are sort of off the cuff that aren't the more staged or, you know, there's moments they catch him saying things that aren't televised that are more, like I said, off the cuff. And he's saying things that I agree with. Someone asked him about a mandatory vaccine and he said, they're not going to be mandatory. I was like, yeah, that's great. It's great to hear him say that. And he was saying it to a reporter who was asking him a question. And it wasn't something that was televised on, you know, MSNBC or something. It was just him answering a question and the, the footage was even looks like it from, from a phone. And it's like, this is, exactly good i'm glad that he's standing up against this yeah yeah and even the what is it called hydrochloroquine hydrochloroquine yeah hydrochloroquine. you know i mean that's even been proven in other countries that it actually worked you know for covid virus who knows what how dangerous the virus is to begin with mm-hmm. but he was addressing and then people oh he wants people to drink bleach and all of this you know to completely exaggerated i think but the the problem is like what you alluded to is like there's this extreme black and white thinking Right, either like on the one side you have Trump, the savior, he cannot do anything wrong, like he's sent by Jesus to take out the cabal, um, or he's the Antichrist, right, the absolute fascist and set up for the new world order. And it's just yeah, you mentioned Hegelian dialect, problem, reaction, solution. We are being completely played. But the more I looked into it, like you know, that's the problem. This whole black and white thing, and I see this similar like you and I have the same problem, quote unquote problem. I'm being attacked not only by mainstream, but by my quote-unquote liberal friends, but by the truth community that I have gone off the deep end for acknowledging there's something maybe about Trump and even maybe about Q and this QAnon, right? So it's really like I'm getting it from all sides and I'm just like, I'm still trying to figure it out without jumping just on either side to extremes, right? Exactly, yeah. I I don't know enough about the QAnon phenomenon to have a real formed opinion about it. So I'm curious. And of course, I'm an optimistic person. So I'm hopeful that it all proves to be something good. 
and that good things happen. So, and I, and that, again, that's also a thing I'm, I'm like shy to talk about because people then jump to conclusions about me and that I'm a Q supporter, Trump supporter, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But it's just because I'm hoping for the best. And a friend of mine pointed out, a friend of mine who does believe in Q, who's also an expert in the trivium, by the way, which I think is an interesting thing. So he's mm-hmm. a guy who really focuses on gram- grammar, logic, rhetoric. And he thinks that Q is legit. And he says, in response to all the people who say Q is a psyop, he's like, none of them would debate someone who's a Q expert because they don't actually pay attention to what Q is saying. They just automatically assume it's a psyop and then they write it off. Yeah. So they, they don't pay attention to the videos. They don't pay attention to the posts. They just are already so sold on it being absolute fiction and a trap that they don't know anything about it other than the, the random you know tweet here and there where someone will you know highlight a certain post or whatever but yeah. they won't debate that the q the q people because they wouldn't be able to they wouldn't be able to because they don't have yeah. they don't have any context for what q is actually saying or doing yeah, it's very interesting that you brought that up. Um, this guy into the trivium. You know, if people don't understand trivium is the basics of of critical thinking, grammar, logic, rhetoric. Meaning, put your always your grammar before logic. Meaning, putting your research before conclusions and rhetoric then present your understanding. And it's funny in the sense uh, that you brought it up because I have to look in the mirror myself because I completely debunked Q at first as a psyop early this year. And all based on logical fallacies, because mm-hmm. I was, first of all, I didn't do any research. I made assumptions, right? And based on my own triggers, right? Because I, I, I judged like QAnons, all these just white, like American gun toting Republicans, you know, this cult and whatnot. And um, I was just also cherry picking what you alluded to. Like just even like I had already a bias. I wanted, I wasn't even researching it objectively. I wanted to it to be false, a psyop. So, you know, I was just looking for whatever could be wrong. Mm. But interestingly, then at some point I got Tom Montag. I'm sure you're uh, familiar with his research. He, I got him on the a podcast in March and he did a lot of research and he laid it all out and <laughs> experienced the disillusionment because he just really like, uh, showed me there's some absolute reality to it, you know, just by uh, applying basic critical thinking, applying the trivium, you know, researching in depth and, and not even just going through the drops. You really have to have a whole context understanding. And there are, you know, many other people within the Q, uh, QM movement who wrote books about it, which also need to be read to un- to understand. You have to really study it first before you can make a conclusion, right? Mm-hmm. So all of that, you know, um, resulted me in looking in deeper and I was in the process of writing an article more about it. But that's the key point. We, we can easily dismiss it and then challenge my own belief similar to you. Like, what does it mean that all of a sudden there are good guys in the government? What do you mean? Government is, you know, is all bad. It's all control. You know, nobody can give us freedom. But what I realized, similar to you, in, in the sense of healthy optimism, the change, the shift needs to happen in stages. What do we expect, right? Going straight from like, oh, government sucks to like this utopian, anarchistic, non-status, voluntaristic society, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, well, you, and like you said, there's some people who just want to see everything as black and white, but there has to be, it has to be more than that. I mean, it, it stands to reason that there will be people within the government or people who are in high places of status within the military, wherever, that get exposed to the same corruption that you and I get exposed to. And they see it. I mean, they, they catch wind of things like the, you know, the pedophilia that's rampant throughout all the pillars of control. And it'll be, it stands to reason that those people would want to stop that, just like we want to stop that. So why is it really that outside the realm of possibility that people within the military and people like Donald Trump or others potentially would want to take a stand against those forces. It, it makes sense to me whether or not Donald Trump is or is not that guy. It makes sense that someone like him or people like him would choose to use their platform of power and status to take a stand against that. Why not? Yeah. That's not, that's not an impossible thought. Yeah, exactly. Unless you can like through research and applying logic, you know, the trivium prove it otherwise, mm-hmm. because here's the very fascinating thing. It's so funny that you brought up the trivium because a good friend of mine also has been following Q for a long time and he gives a lot of validity and he's definitely not the typical Trump supporter. 
at all. But he has said, it's a psyop, it's contrail pro. And he's like, okay, I haven't seen no evidence. Can you prove it to me? So I'm like, okay, I'll prove it. And the deeper I delve, I realized I cannot prove it. I cannot debunk it that easily. And, and do you know, are you familiar with David Whitehead? Um, the name. Um, he has his own podcast channel. He's from Canada. He does great work, especially with Michael Cerio. And he recently came out with a video as well, a personal video about Q. And he made the same point. He was looking into it and he realized, you know, it's not that easy to debunk Q once you look into it. You cannot just simply say it's a psyop just because of you think or your quote-unquote intuition tells you, which my right. quote-unquote intuition told me too, but it was based on my own bias and wishful thinking. When you really sincerely look into it and understand also, I feel you have to educate yourself about what's happening politically to a degree, which I dismissed with the whole Obama gate, what is being uncovered there, because... It is some sort of weird chess game where the players need to be, you know, you need to expose other things before you can go straight to the king and whatnot, mm -hmm. right? So it is really, it's way more complex and nuanced and not that black and white. Exactly. Nuanced is the key word. It's, you know, we're, we're left to really just sort through the details and the scraps. And there's, there's, a, there's definitely a, a, a battle for power i mean there's like i think there's so much going on behind the scenes that we can only have glimpses of and yeah i don't know i i'm i'm in a i'm in an observer mode and i'm not jumping to conclusions about anything yet i'm just yeah you know staying on my toes and also because because the you know if the if the if the negative forces if the evil forces do win uh it's pretty grim and we have, we're all, what we have a real, the, the, the uphill climb becomes even steeper. Yeah. So I'm really hoping for the best. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing yeah. wrong with hoping like, yeah, I hope that, I really do hope that Trump is on our side. And I hope the QAnon thing is, proven, proves to be something that's legitimate. And I'm also keeping myself in check. I'm not just like ignoring mm, information that might counter that positivity or that optimistic outlook. Yeah. But I do want to remain on the optimistic side because I'm, you know, I'm newly married and I want to start a family and, <laughs> you know, I want to, uh, well, I am going to start a family and I, I can't just think of, a, of this. I can't accept that the dystopian future or Wellian nightmare is an, is an inevitability, yeah. you know, that's a very, go ahead. Well, that's, that's basically yeah. it. Yeah. No, no, but that's, that's a very important point that came to me as well, because I've been also in, you know, discussing this topic with others and our forum and whatnot. And I see sometimes especially in the quote-unquote conspiracy uh, movement, so to speak, which we are in it as well, part of it. Yep. But there's this very sometimes extreme like doom and gloom negativity thinking, like paranoid, like it's to it. an extreme, extreme, you know? Like of all, even, even when you talk about vaccination, even 5G, chemtrails, it's to such an extreme, right? And then even now you see it like, oh, this complete totalitarian new world order will come down. We all screwed and you know and, and trump is the antichrist he's just setting us up and it's so dark it doesn't even like for me even like from from a spiritual perspective it doesn't even make sense because we are in a bigger transformation uh, uh, there's something bigger happening and and what i see missing in a lot of this con the conspiracy world is like this higher this vision this more spiritual vision and it's not about new age spiritual bypassing and all of that because we need to still take self-responsibility but there's something else emerging as well. Something good is happening and we just don't know how it plays out, right? And I feel that actually it works exactly for these matrix forces to get ourselves in this doom and gloom, you know, state of just this is, oh my God, it's all coming down. We are fucked. Exactly. I don't want to give them too much credit. Yeah. You know, they're just human beings as far as we can tell. They're yeah. just humans who have given over, who've like sacrificed their, their care as it were, uh, their empathy, but they're still just people. And maybe, yeah, maybe they have a long game in mind. Maybe there is, you know, this bloodline lineage, passing of the wisdom, passing of the torch control over humanity. But that doesn't mean that the average person like me can't snap out of it and wake up and that the good can't overcome that. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's not an inevitability. I do think that they're overplaying their hand right now. And I think we have to celebrate the victories not just say, well, yeah, but I say, yeah, this is, we just exposed this. People yeah. are waking up because of this and, you know, put a, shine a, shine a light on a spotlight on the victories that we are experiencing in the last few months, which are many. 
mean, they are just exposing themselves left and right. And people that I would not expect to be snapping out of their trances are beginning to question things. And, you know, the, 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 the more they push on us, the more we push back. And I think that's undeniable and cause for hope. Yeah, no, I agree. Absolutely. And even like when, you know, they are not, well, if they're just humans, it's to be questioned, like full on, you know, soulless psychopaths, you know, possessed by demonic entities. But the point is, you made it really a point, you know, they trying to instill in our minds, even from a hyperdimensional perspective, which I know, you know, a topic I cover as well, they try to instill the perception that they are more powerful than they actually are. Right. And the Achilles heel, even from the esoteric perspective of 40 STS, like, you know, evil psychopathic forces is wishful thinking. A psychopath will never like give up and admit or remorse. They just fight until, you know, even they know already that's the end, they would deny it. It's like complete wishful thinking. And they're going insane right now. On, on the positive thing, yeah, as you mentioned as well, a lot of stuff is being more exposed. It becomes more obvious and more people are actually quote unquote waking up. I noticed that. You know, no. there's a division, people falling for it, for the whole agenda. But quote unquote, regular people are waking up. I see it who, who never considered the topics we have been talking about for over a decade. Mm-hmm. So there's something happening. It's interesting with Q2 because people say, you know, don't understand. It's not just like Q Trump is saving us. Even if you really research all the, the Q drops and whatnot, what, what they, whoever Q is, is helping to bring awareness to certain topics, to ask questions, to bring it into collective, because the work is still up to us. Totally. I mean, one of the, you know, that, that, did you see that movie? I'm assuming you saw it, Out of Shadows, that came out yeah. maybe six weeks ago or something. Well, I thought it was really well done. I watched yeah. it twice, and I thought, you know, anything that's really well produced and well edited is going to be more appealing for a viewer. And I thought, as far as, you know, a breadcrumb to offer to somebody who is just starting to ask questions or maybe to a friend or a family member who you want to get to think about something. It was a great piece. And in, and for the most part, I think people really responded well to it. But I saw in the truth community, so many truthers just bashing this film for no reason because it had a potentially pro-QAnon aspect to it because they, they focus on Liz croaking or whatever but they're so critical of it and i'm thinking guys this is a victory like can't we just say you know accept that this is a good piece of film like this is a good this was this is it's good that this was made better to have this than to not have it and yet they're so critical of it because they're not addressing the things the way that they would address them or they're (laughs) not including the right people or not or not sourcing the right people or whatever it's just like this is all wrong. We're not, we're not Siskel and Ebert here judging the quality of the documentary. It exists and it's a good thing. And it's just, yeah, it's just sad to see that, like you said earlier, the splintering of the truth community um, because of hubris and ego and opinion, really opinion. Like I think this and that, I think that's wrong. Therefore no one should pay attention to that. And yeah, to all these people who doesn't get us anywhere, all these nitpickers, please produce. Yeah please produce your own film. <laughs> Address everything what you think should be in the film. There's a lot of good stuff in that, in that, in that documentary. A lot. Yeah, yeah I agree. And, and then a, another, a Hollywood guy. Exactly. I mean, you can probably, you've been in that scene to, to a certain degree, right? I mean, that, that's, uh, you know, you literally like got yourself out of that swamp, right? People don't know that's how you grew up. You were a child actor, right? I was. Yeah, yeah and luckily I was never exposed to anything too dark. I mean, I, I, I just got first-hand experience in the business and got to see, well, first I got to experience what that, you know, that empty desire, that dream can do to a person and how empty it really is. And I can see what it was doing to all my friends, uh, even the ones who were really successful and how sort of subconscious it makes people and, and, and frenetic. And yeah, so I, I, I luckily didn't experience the, the real darkness, but I did experience just how artificial and ridiculous the whole business is. Yeah, similar like the that stuntman. I think the main guy who exp- he was like living his dream, but they realized it's, it's just all hollow. It's all based on lies and illusions. It's just nothing. Yeah, and it, yeah, it was awesome. I thought it was really well done, and I really did not. Uh, it was just tiresome to see my peers try to discredit this documentary and nitpick it to pieces and you know, say it supports the QAnon narrative, even though I watched it twice, there's no mention of QAnon or Donald Trump in the film. 
Yeah, and also, by the way, it's speaking of trivium, and it's a logical fallacy. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, like address the content, the information itself, not why you think it's associated whatever with whatever, right? Exactly. And yes, Q dropped link to that documentary for the record. Um, but you know, another critique I saw, like, oh, it's you know this Christian undertone, and you know they're trying to like whatever, you know, sell the the dogmatic Christian view and whatnot. And I see this also as a lot of criticism. And that was actually, honestly, a first a turnoff as well because of my trigger with dogmatic Christianity. But now I realize, no, this is also about embracing from a spiritual perspective the true Christ teachings, right? You know, like people have so much triggers when somebody like, because Q talks about God and all of this. I'm like, oh my God, this is, you know, you know, it's bad because it's Christianity. I'm like, no, like there's, the Christian teaching, there's a truth in it. And we see this, you know, the way I see it right now, my wife, Laura, has helped me understand this better right now from this bigger picture perspective, the evolution of consciousness, from a astrological perspective, um, the U.S. is going through a rebirth. It's a Pluto return, right? Mm. So this is a huge transformation that happened at the, you know, the uh, when the U.S. was born. So what we are experiencing is literally like a second civil war, so to speak, that's kind of like brings everything out of the shadows, so it's mm. part, there's a bigger process happening. And that's what I see a lot of people, especially in the truth community, again, don't see it, the bigger picture in light of the evolution of consciousness and they're nitpicking. And I've experienced the same, like the, the attacks uh, I've received lately because of like giving some credibility to Q and Trump, if just this, but what about this? He supports 5G and da, 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 and like all this cherry picking. And like, yes, we also need to watch out not to like fall into this. I can see this, maybe even the QN movement, people projected all these crazy savior projections on the man you know which are also naive in in itself right uh, but acknowledging maybe there's something else it's maybe it's not that black and white right i think that's that's really something important to consider yeah it certainly doesn't seem like the left wants donald trump to get reelected. <laughs> And maybe, yeah. maybe and then of course you know there would be 10 people who would hear me say that and like tell me why i'm wrong you know, and that's just the nature of being in the truth community. But as I'm just observing and paying attention, it seems like they really hate him. And he doesn't seem to be like he's acting some role and that he's actually, you know, when he comes off stage, he's out there laughing with Bill Clinton about how they're getting away with something. It certainly doesn't feel that way. And I am, I was a professional actor and I have two degrees in acting. I studied acting. I can tell when people are lying pretty well. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't seem like I'm being played on that level. What Donald Trump is really about, I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't know. But I don't think he's on the same team as Obama, Hillary Clinton, Bill Gates, etc. Yeah. Certainly, I mean, unless I'm completely being fooled, which is a possibility. But yeah. it doesn't seem like it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, also, like, as I said, like, I could be completely wrong and all of this turned out to be the mother of all psyops. Complete yeah. mech. But again, <laughs> I mean, it's also acknowledging, to be honest, like, that we don't truly know, you know, like, on, on a level. Like, you can, like, observe, make hypotheses. I'm still in depth of researching it. Right now, I'll lean more towards there's some validity about Q and, and Trump. There's something else. And I cannot just debunk it flat out as a psyop. I'm sorry. It's, it's not exactly. possible. Like I said, it stands to reason that there would be certain people who have power and influence who would want to stand up against satanic pedophilia yeah. and mandatory poison. It makes sense. Yeah. So I'm hoping that I'm right about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, um, yeah, man, I want us to shift into like a little bit, um, you know, you weren't, you also, uh, you were the last Anacapulco, right? Um, doing MC. How, how I was, was that? the master of ceremonies in Anacapulco nice. this year. Uh, who was speaking there back then? Uh, this uh, this uh, this year, Ron Paul was the headliner again, mm -hmm. and um, Freeway Rick Ross was one of their headliners, and uh, Doug Casey, and a bunch of others. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was all right. Uh, I'm being honest. I I, yeah. I think that Enrico I, lo I love Anarchapulco. I've had a great experience there. Um, I think it got a little too big for its britches. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, I think uh, it needs to be reined back in. And I think Jeff would agree with me. Mm -hmm. So I'm not as shy to say it. 
but it was fun. You yeah. know, I mean, I, 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 I worked really hard. Being the MC okay. didn't give me much of a I chance can imagine. to go to the beach or anything and <laughs> hang out. But, uh, you know. Were you able to throw in your poetry in there, though? Sure, no? Yeah, well, it was great because at first I wasn't going to. I thought this is kind of ironic. Like, I'm just, I'm really just going to be, why are they paying me just to be the guy who introduces speakers? But then the night before, someone was sick, so they had a slot and they gave me the opening slot, basically. So I had the first, like, 15 or 20 minutes to myself. So I was like, all right, let's do it. And I, you know, I, I liked, so I got, I got to kick off the whole weekend essentially. So yeah, I get, I did my thing for mm. to really start the whole conference and set the tone, which was cool. Nice. Excellent. Nice. Um, on that, I also want our listeners know, uh, where can, where can you, where can we find your poetry or is it, is it on YouTube or? Well, yeah, I'm still figuring out my big game plan with, what I'm doing with the poetry and my channel and what I'm doing next really in my life. Um, but yeah, you can go to my YouTube channel to listen to me say a lot of my poems. I, I think I probably have about a third of them on there at this point, but I like to take the live performances that I do and then take individual poems from those performances and put them on the channel. So I think at this point, yeah, I have like a third of my poetry on there and that's the best way to listen to them as far as the, text is concerned i've been working with g edward griffin mm. um the author of uh the creature from jekyll island for the past couple of years he's really been interested in publishing my book and it's just been a slow process so balls in his court at the moment we were supposed to have the book ready to go this month in time for the red pill expo which was supposed to be happening this month but it got delayed because of COVID-19. Mm -hmm. And so now the book has been sort of delayed, but soon there will be a hard copy book and a uh, downloadable version, as well as an audio book of me just reading them, which I'm still figuring out and getting all yeah. lined up and ready to go. So I, I'm, that'll be available soon. Yeah, and I'll link all this in the info section, but I really highly recommend for people to watch or at least listen to because the performance is part of it. I remember the first time I hear you, that was in the jungle in Peru when we were four years ago. Wow. I think we were just coming down off of Chuma too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, hey, I have a little poem to I can cite. And you blew everybody's mind. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. That, awesome. that was a really, you know, validating experience. I had that, I had that one poem for about a year And that's all I would share. And I, the feedback I got was so good that I finally really just committed to it. I made a commitment to myself to be consistent. And now I, and I didn't want to get too carried away with like expectations of myself. So I just made a commitment to one poem a month. Yeah. And I started that in 2017 and I've been doing it ever since. And so now my volume is pretty big. Yeah. You know, so I have a, I've, I've been able to hold true to that commitment to myself and, uh, Yeah, it's awesome. I have a whole body. I, I wouldn't have expected to be a, a poet in my mid-30s, <laughs> but it happened, and uh, I'm really glad that it did. Yeah, and, I'm, and again, I'm, again, like also what, what's coming through you, there's something else you're tapping in, and I don't say that lightly, so it's really beautiful, and poetry in itself can like make people understand or create a certain awareness bypassing the intellect and whatnot. And it's very conscious, also very, you know, current events related and what else is happening in the world right now. So, you know, like let's maybe shift, also bring it to the positive side in terms of what's happening now, because creativity is part of it, right? And I feel like despite all this craziness, and we said before, we can easily get hooked up, doom and gloom. Oh my God, the matrix is coming down, this shit, you know, mandatory vaccinations, 5G, well, fuck, da, da, da. Uh, but I sense that there's a silver lining to it all. There's a, there's an opportunity right now, you know, which we need to grasp. You know, I know you have done gone through a lot of life changes, myself as well. There's something else we can use to create the the a new world right now, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and I I left LA two a little over two years ago now, and we did it abruptly. My now wife, Sonia, then my girlfriend, we just made the decision. I mean, we were, I mean, you remember, like we yeah. were looking for a new place to live. We were looking for, uh, you know, some place you could rent maybe in Topanga and just kind of, you know, mix things up a little bit. 
but still stay in Southern California. And then, I don't know, we just had a conversation with someone who kind of, kind of just opened up our eyes to a different way of living and we jumped on it. So we left literally in the middle of the night one night in a, in our, and we bought a truck and loaded up our truck and our car and just left. And it was, it was like ripping off a bandaid. We just didn't think about it. We just left. And it's now proving to be the best decision I could have possibly made because it's just given us so much clarity of thought, like being out of that rat race in LA and being away from the business and being away from my sort of push and pull and of, of acting and like, ah, oh, is this the right thing? Is this compromising my integrity? But what am I going to do about money? And yada, yada. I was so consumed by that energy that's in LA, that sort of desperate um, anxiety. And now, I don't know, I'm, I'm like much more calm. <laughs> yeah. And my, my, my ability to think clearly is so much better. And uh, yeah, and the creative juices are flowing much more easily. And yeah, it's been, it's been a really good couple of years away at getting out of that lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's what's happened on a collective level as well. We all like I, you know, I see it more from the spiritual perspective, the divine, that we also being guided in ways we're not even fully aware of, and even the decisions we make, we think it's our decision, but there's something else actually making quote unquote the decision for us in a positive sense. Like you felt that urge, right? Something like I need to get out of here, you know, and then you have to make that leap of faith and get out of your past programming, the attachment to comfort, security, the matrix programming, basically. Right. Exactly. And I had that, you know, in about 2013 or 14, I started seeing it almost like a little red light going off in my, in the, in my purview. I, I knew that my time in LA was coming to an end and I had to get out of there. And I trusted that I would just know when the right time was. And I just, I sort of just accepted that about myself and just knew that this time here was going to be over soon but it doesn't seem like it's happening anytime, you know, like not immediately, but it's, I'll, I'll know it when the moment is right. And it's exactly what happened. That little red light started blinking faster and faster mm-hmm. and faster until we start, we finally just left. And now looking back and all that's happened since we left Los Angeles, we did get out just in time mm-hmm. for us. I mean, it's not like it's the, the place has fallen into the ocean or anything, but yeah. as far as like just the intensity of the, political agenda, I guess, that's just like a virus, no pun intended, uh, spreading through that city in particular, boy, I'm glad I'm not there to like have to constantly defend my points of view or try to talk to people who are, you know, under the spells that are being broadcast so heavily right now. And yeah, it's just a, like like you said, it's on a spiritual level. I, it's like, it's like I had, it's like I had a, I made a, I made a, I made a commitment or a deal with that, those forces to say, okay, I know I'm not supposed to be here too long. So I trust that you're going to help me leave when mm-hmm. it's time. And that's exactly what happened. And boy, I'm glad I did. And I'm so much happier up here. Yeah. No, beautiful. I mean, I can really, I mean, as you know, we're out here in Topanga Canyon and we're not, we don't have to get into the craziness of LA, but still the energy you know, we're also considering certain there's something, you know, uh, growing within us as well. Um, but it's just crazy. Like Laura and I, we just went to Santa Monica the other day. I've been down years and it's just strange. Still, you have to wear masks and these George Floyd paintings, Black Lives Matters. It's just eerie, you know what I mean? And this this undertone, like, you know, like you have to watch out not to say the right, the wrong thing. I mean, I literally know of people who have been laid off from a work or fired because they shared this video by what is this black Republican woman, Candace Owens, Candace Owens, like laying out that George Floyd was not just a nice guy and, or anybody who says something against black life matters, literally being laid off work, right? Being called a racist. It's crazy that that this Orwellian thought police that has people taken over and it's, and it's very clear again, even not, not from a partisan perspective, but objectively, the leftist, the Democrat states are, you know, full on taken over by Wetiko, this alien virus, like by some evil force and creating these almost socialist Orwellian type states. 
You know, I was just, I just told you before we started, Lorna, we just visited Arizona in a little town and it was awesome. Nobody was wearing masks, no social distancing. I got a haircut, a massage. I was eating, you know, in, in restaurants. Everybody's having a great time. Nothing. You come back over like this imaginary border and all of a sudden, boom, you have to like <laughs> go, uh, you know, uh, address, go back into this quote, new normal. I know. That's crazy. Yeah. We, I mean, we live in one of those blue states, but over here we're in the East side and it's a lot different than the West side. Mm -hmm. And so we were over in the West side uh, in a town just North of Seattle and Seattle seems to be the epicenter for so much of this stuff, right? And that's where the coronavirus started. That's where this uh, autonomous zone Chaz is now set up. And I don't think it's any coincidence that it's in the same city that Microsoft headquarters and Amazon are, but that's, that's just story. a coincidence. That's a, that's a, that's a conspiratorial <laughs> side conversation. But anyway, over there, um, it was just, you go to the grocery store and everyone's wearing a mask and people don't realize that this is all consent based. Like it's what you agree to. I mean, yeah. I made a video on my channel a couple weeks ago, just telling people like, if you want to go to Costco where they have mandatory mask wearing and not wear a mask, you don't have to. And here's how, cause it's all, all what you agree to. So we go to these grocery stores out there in the west side of Washington and everyone's wearing a mask except for Sonia and I. And um, then we come back over to this part of the state and it's completely different. And you just see these two worlds. And we go to northern Idaho, which is a perhaps the reddest of red states. And it's like nothing happened. There's yeah. Yeah. kids playing in the park and people playing basketball and walking their dogs and going to cafes and having breakfast. and. Yeah. Nobody getting it, sick either, by the way. What? Nobody getting sick either. Yeah. No one's getting <laughs> sick. No one seems to be that worried about it. Every, every now and then you see the mask wearing person. That's yeah. just the way it is now. But still, it was like the old normal. And it's been really nice. <laughs> yeah. No, it's interesting. But going back to what you shared before, because from this positive perspective, what's happening on the opportunity, like you felt the call. And then within there was also, like you mentioned, this guy, I remember, I forgot his name, you know, this assisting force who helped you kind of like to approach something new. And then that's, I feel what's happening. If you really answer the call, they're also assisting forces that help, you know, even within the matrix. That's a big one. That's what goes back to the thing, even within the government, you know, that may be helping forces because what I see, and I've been in the same mindset too, back, you know, this black and white state, like, oh, this is the matrix and this is good. This is good people. This is bad people, right? But I see a lot of support of help for, of almost a divine force coming through people who seem to be plugged into the matrix, but helping, you know, you know what I mean? Like, have you experienced yeah. that? Yeah. Well, I mean, when I started on this, I guess, truth seeking journey, it was because I committed to truth. And that was when I was 20, 21 years old, I think. And that was my commitment. So even when I go to these conferences and stuff that are themed like Anarchapulco, I've never once said that I'm an anarchist, but I go to that conference because I'm compelled by truth. Right. You know, I'm a, I'm, my, my allegiance is to truth and not that I don't identify with some of the anarchist principles. Cause I do. I mean, I, I don't really like the word anarchist. I like the word voluntarist, mm -hmm. but I don't like labels also. Yeah. Um, but that commitment to truth has just been this guiding force throughout my life. And it keeps me just, it keeps me steady. And I think that it depends, you know, whatever you want to call it, if you want to call it God, if you want to call it the universe, if you want to call it something else, I think it's, that's your connection to truth and love. Mm -hmm. And that connection has guided me. And I, it was before I even knew to call it the universe or God. It was that commitment to truth that led me to even a spiritual path, which is now, now I'm actually pretty comfortable calling that force God because it's, it makes it more direct. It feels, I don't know, just, it feels like it's a, now it's an established relationship where it was more, it used to be a little more ambiguous but I have trust in God and that is now an anchor for me. And like, a, it, I, I, I have a relate and now I have a real active relationship. Whereas it mm. used to be, you know, I was more blindfolded. I was like, ah, I want some, you know, I, I can feel it, but I don't know what to call it or what it is. Cause that was my own dogma and my own deep programming. And now it's very clear. And I trust God in my life and I, and he's given me every reason to trust him because I'm here now. And, 
I've all, and, I, and you look in retrospect at all the decisions I've made and all the things that have happened, all the people that have come to my life, it all seems so divine. Mm-hmm. And it's because I'm paying attention and I'm having a relationship with it. So yeah, it's, uh, I'm very happy mm-hmm. right now. And I'm, and I'm still, I'm not like blindly just thinking everything's going to be fine, but I, I do trust that there's, I trust that there's a plan at work and it's not just QAnon's plan, but there's a plan and that love, truth, God wins in the end because how can it not, you yeah. know? Yeah. No, beautiful. Very beautifully said. And, you know, and ultimately the God is our essence, your true self. And like, you, funny you mentioned Q's slogan, trust the plan, which also triggered me because like, oh, it just makes people complacent. But it's not like that. In the end, it's a divine plan. There's something higher and we still need to participate and play our role Obviously, well, you're almost being forced to do it, but you really make a very good point, which also actually uh, I'm addressing in my upcoming article about Q and Trump, that seeking truth is a fluid process. The moment you think, oh, this is the truth, right? Everything, or oh, this is how everything works, then the matrix has you, right? Because your mind can never fully understand the mystery of life. It's a fluid process. He said you're interested in truth, same here. Like, and I even know many times in the past, not many, a few times, I had to acknowledge, okay, you know what? I was wrong about this. New insights, new information came in to adjust my views. So it's, it's having this humility to be adjusted, you know, and not getting identified with one thing. Similar, it's funny you mentioned you never uh, labeled yourself as an anarchist, myself included. I also, I remember I was on Jeff's uh, uh, podcast, Anarchist. And he asked me, when did you, you know, he always asked the guests the question, when did you become an anarchist? And I said, well, I don't identify myself as an anarchist. I can, uh, I value the principles, right? Beautiful. They're like natural law, human, like universal law principles. But it's not that black and white. The moment you just identified with one thing, you, you already, you know, shut yourself up for any other possibility. Then ego comes in and all of that. But there's something else happening, which is even not in, in our control anymore. That's, that's the ego wants to be in control. It wants to be right. You know, wants this certain view and it works in these matrix forces. Like I said before, that want to instill in us this like negativity of, you know, almost create the reality for them by instilling us this hopelessness. And you made a really important point. It's about having faith and trust in what's in the bigger process in God. And like, I, I also want to note note to the listeners and viewers Ask yourself the question, what is your relationship to God and the divine? Does it trigger you? You know, we're not talking about just some dogmatic outside white guy in the sky who judges, but there's some bigger force, whatever you may call it. What is your relationship to that? And getting out of this victim blame consciousness we're in right now, which I see in the truth movement as well, and take self-responsibility, right? So I'm getting a bit on a rant here, but you know, what you said was, is, is very inspiring. It's, it's about like stepping into our own creative power, Right. And, and using the energies to create and build something new. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've, I've been making the joke recently because when mandatory vaccines, that those, those are real trigger words and they can be kind of scary. But if you think about like what we're up against, if, if Bill Gates himself were to come to my door with a vaccine in his hand and say, I'm here to vac- mandatorily vaccinate your child, yeah. I, would, I would drop this fool. Like there's no way he'd get into my house. Like there's no way this guy has no power. He's not stronger than me. He may have a lot of money, which can afford good PR, which can be effective enough to get people to trust him. But if there's no one to carry out that order, then the order won't get carried out. So we don't have to just, it, as long as we have the awareness and we have the resilience and we have the, you know, this is one thing that, the, that Jesus teaches in the Bible is how to use your language and how to not consent to things. Mm-hmm. How do we, how, how you can, it's an, you know, the Bible is an instruction manual. How do you, how can you avoid those types of traps just by how you agree or not to, or don't agree to how, how you're being propositioned. So at this point, it's all still consent based. And yeah. even the idea of a mandatory vaccine while scary, if you really break it down, I, I'm not scared of that. I'm not scared of Bill Gates. He's, he's just a, he's a weak person who has a lot of money and a big throne, but who is he really? And you know what? He's the one who has to live with himself knowing he's like destroying lives and yeah. killing people and mutilating innocent children in other countries already. 
like, ugh, I wouldn't want that baggage in my soul. That's quite a karma. that guy. Yeah, that's quite a karma to deal with. But you're right. I mean, I've also, a lot of people message me and we talk about, even on the forum, people, you know, oh my, what's going to happen with mandatory vaccination, this and this. And again, this future projection of all these hypothetical still things, which are not real right now in this very moment. So people get into this fear frequency, which actually the matrix forces want you to do, to use your creative energy to almost in a self-fulfilling prophecy to create that what you're afraid of. So fear is the real killer again, same with COVID and all of that. Which is exactly what, you know, like you said earlier, one of the traps of the truth movement, the truth community. I find sometimes that the, the truthers are fear-mongering just as bad as CNN is, and sometimes worse. They're the mm-hmm. ones who are promoting such fear, like, you know, this is just the first wave. The second one's going to be this 5G millimeter waves and people are actually going to get sick and they're going to be targeted. If you have a Bluetooth in your ear, you're going to get targeted and you're going to drop dead and blah, blah, yes. Like yes. you are, that is, we're not there. That is yeah. so, you're, you're baiting people with fear so hard right now. You don't, you see like you are that which you are trying to fight against yeah. by being such a fear. That was my problem with Alex Jones 15 years ago <laughs> when I first started being a, a truth seeker and I found Alex Jones. And he was just making me feel afraid. And then I'd watch him like David Icke. And he was like, fear is the enemy. And I was like, okay, well, I feel afraid when I watch Alex Jones. So you know what? I'm just going to not watch Alex Jones. And it was, it saved me a lot of stress. <laughs> yeah. No, But, but yeah, fear is, a, fear, is, fear is a destroyer. And there's so much fear mongering going on from all sides that yeah. it's, yeah, you just got to like really ground yourself and have patience and move through it. Exactly. With eyes wide open. Yeah, but which also implies we're not impli- you know, uh, now going into the opposite than you taking new age pill and just thinking love and light and positivity. No, we need to make yeah. the shadows need to come out. We need to be aware of it, but don't give your power to it. You know, you know, there's something again bigger happening. Own your own creative power and, and participate in creating a new world. And especially, you know, again, like what are people doing in their everyday lives? You know, are you are you mostly on the internet or media consuming conspiracy theories and whatnot, like an armchair activist? You know what I mean? No change is going to come through that. Yes, inform yourself, but what are you doing in your everyday life to create to use that? Uh, where to, to, you know, what is your vocation? You know, there's so much opportunity right now. Exactly. Yeah. It's good to, it's good to acknowledge the rabbit hole and dabble in it, but don't live in it. Yeah. Don't get stuck down there and just make that your life. Cause what does that contribute to anything? Yeah. yeah. Beautifully said, Billy, um, Benny. So that's the end of our first hour. Uh, let's take a you know little break and then let's dive a bit deeper in what we talked and, and anything else we can come up with in the flow. But just uh, we're quick for the listeners and viewers, how can they find you? Go to youtube.com slash Benny Wills. That's the best place to find me. You can go to bennywills.com. And I feel like I'm the only Benny Wills really out <laughs> there. So uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe some, maybe another Benny Wills can be like, hey, but uh <laughs> On Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that, you can find me. But the main place is youtube.com slash Benny Wills. Excellent. And I will link to it as well. All right. See you in a bit. Cool. Cool.